This is Michelle Gibbs. My husband Mike and I have been married for 16 years and we live in Idaho with our five children. The oldest is 14 and the youngest is one year old. I love studying the scriptures and preparing for this podcast every week really helps me to have more inspiration and revelation for my own life and also for my family. Join me each week as I share some of the thoughts that I have as I study the scriptures using the Come Follow Me course by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This week we are studying Ether chapters 6 through 11. And I love the first part of this week's reading because we get to see the Jaredites cross the ocean to the promised land and we get to finish that story that we started last week and as I was reading I made a couple of notes about things that stood out to me and I noticed that before they went on their voyage the Jaredites made all kinds of necessary preparations they prepared food and water they gathered animals and made sure that they had those things that they needed. even said they had a vessel to carry fish in, which I thought was kind of fun. My, my husband likes to collect, I guess you could say, different types of fish and just try having different kinds of fish in fish tanks here. And it's just fun for him to see the different kinds and kind of experience that. So I thought that was funny. The Jaredites also had a vessel for fish. Anyway, also then, you know, we see that they find a way to prepare air in their barges. The Heavenly Father provides that for them. And then also they find a way to have light in there and to have these secure vessels. So they're totally prepared for their voyage. Then during the voyage, they cry unto the Lord when the storms came. And they sing praises to the Lord. It said all the time, pretty much, it says... And they did sing praises unto the Lord, and did thank and praise the Lord all the day long. That's in Ether chapter 6, verse 9. And especially with it being Thanksgiving time right now, I've really thought about gratitude and being grateful for things. And what a difference that makes in our lives. My husband, we were talking at dinner a few nights ago, and my husband suggested to all the children that they take that evening their bedtime prayers and make it a prayer of gratitude instead of asking for all these things, but to make sure that the things they said in it were just words of gratitude. And we all took the challenge and it was fun to listen to all the kids and to see their positive um, experiences with this. One thing that my daughter Natalie said, she's almost 13, she said that she noticed there's a difference when she says that she's grateful in her prayers for objects like my bed, my blanket, my room, you know, those kinds of things. But she said when she deepened that gratitude to people and things that people had done for her in services and experiences, that her gratitude was much more full and she was really feeling super thankful for everything in our lives and it really humbled her I think and that was such a good insight and it I noticed it actually made a difference in my prayers as I did what she had said and made sure I was praying for things for experiences and for services and for people who made a difference and 
do make a difference in my life instead of just the everyday things that we have, which we should be thankful for as well. But it's good to be thankful for everything in our lives. And I appreciated her insight in that. So we've been trying to have more gratitude in our prayers, which I think is very appropriate at this time of year. And also all year long, it's appropriate to have more gratitude in our prayers. And so I like this verse in Ether where it says, they sing praises unto the Lord and they did thank and praise the Lord all day long. So I was thinking about singing a lot as well on Sunday as we received directives from our authorities that we should not be singing the hymns in our church meetings when we're gathered together as a group of saints, not just in our home, but in our church buildings. And I am the music coordinator in our ward, so it's my job to make sure that we have someone to play the organ and songs and and someone to direct the music and all those things I kind of coordinate in the ward. And so I was one of the first to find out about this. And so when I heard, I was very sad. And it's in my nature to just follow my leaders and obey. And so it was never a question of doing it or not, of course. But as we were sitting in our row at church and the organist played the hymns and we just listened and followed along on our devices so we could read the words, I almost was crying because though I knew it was important, music is so touching to me and it really is a way that my spirit feels those promptings from the Holy Ghost and so it was a sad thing for me to not have that opportunity to sing praises to Heavenly Father and to let my testimony come out through my voice and so I realized what, how much that means to me And so to see that the Jaredites were singing praises to the Lord, I can totally relate on how that was how they wanted to thank him. And that is a way that we can thank him. And even though we can't sing in church right now, we can sing in our hearts. We can definitely sing in our homes. And we can find other ways to be grateful and to thank and praise the Lord all the day long, like it says in verse 9. In verse 7, it talks about how, as they were on their voyage, that when they were encompassed about by many waters, they did cry unto the Lord, and he did bring them forth again upon the top of the waters. And I liked that part, too, that it talked about during their voyage, they continued to be faithful. They remembered Heavenly Father, and they prayed to him for help when they needed it, and he blessed them, and he helped them when they needed it. So that was them during their voyage. And then after the voyage, it talks about how they were humble and they were thankful still. They prayed and then they got to work and made themselves industrious with the help of the Lord. In chapter six, again, verses 12 and 13, it says, when they had set, oh, sorry, when they had set their feet upon the shores of the promised land, they bowed themselves down upon the face of the land and did humble themselves before the Lord and did shed tears of joy before the Lord because of the multitude of his tender mercies over them. And it came to pass that they went forth upon the face of the land and began to till the earth. I can't imagine the kind of courage it took to get into a barge that you couldn't steer, you couldn't see, and your friends were in other barges. And you're in this, in the dark, 
well, not in the dark because you have little stones for light. That's true. But without in the dark as far as what everybody else is doing and what's going on in the world around you. That part is unknown and uncontrollable. And to have the elements controlling where you're going and being buffeted around by them for almost a year. I can't imagine the kind of courage that took. I'm sure it really strengthened their testimonies in Heavenly Father, especially when they were all able to be together again at the end of that voyage. And then they began to till the earth. They got to work and they said, okay, this is our home. Let's make it our home and let's do what we can. And I love that about them. They became industrious and they were blessed for that. So as we know that about the Jaredites, they have so many ups and downs, right? They have times when they're righteous and then they get wicked and they repent and then they're wicked and then they repent and then they're wicked and they have this cycle that they go through and chapter 7 really talks about the kingdoms being fought over and changing hands through many kings because after Jared and his brother died they set, or at the end of their lives they set up a kingdom the people wanted to set up a kingdom with a king and so that's what happened even though it's not what the brother of Jared thought they should do but they, chapter 7 talks about these kingdoms being fought over and the kingdom and the different kings. And you can see the reasoning behind some of the fights. I'm not saying they're justified, but you can see probably what could possibly have persuaded them. You know, you have Kib, who's the king, and his son, Korahor, who thinks he fights against his father and you think well okay now that I have a teenage son I can see where my son thinks sometimes my ways are outdated and strict and old-fashioned and maybe not the best and so you have a son who says well my dad's old-fashioned or whatever if I ran the kingdom it would be better and so that there's where that battle comes from and Korhor fights his dad becomes the king and then he's overthrown and is no longer the king but he repents and then his sons are upset or his son is upset it's um oh yes his son king noah and you can see where noah would be upset because he thinks okay my uncle shul is the king and if he hadn't taken the kingdom back from my dad korahor i would have been the next king so he feels like maybe he's entitled to that or something anyway and so forth and you see that they have these selfish thoughts that go through their mind and let them think that they're entitled to that power and that position of power. And the problem is that they see the land and the kingdom, they see them as possessions, as something to be obtained and conquered, but that's not it at all. The kingdom and the people and those powerful positions of leadership, they shouldn't be desired for personal gain. They should be desired to serve the people's needs. And Mike and I talked a lot about that this week. And he was telling me that the problem with these kings is they want the people to serve them instead of them serving the people. And I think he's right. And that, the manual really wants us to find ways that this applies to our lives, this reading this week, because the book of Ether, Moroni says he put it in for our day. And so... One thing that we really thought about is just how that applies to us today. Are we 
trying to serve those around us or are we trying to obtain positions of honor and control and leadership for selfish reasons and also as we are praying for our country and putting in leaders for our country are we choosing people whose thoughts are to serve the people now in chapter 8 verse 7 talking about Jared who's the grandson of Shul it really just puts this it just says it really well in the scriptures because it says about Jared he had set his heart upon the kingdom and upon the glory of the world so that's something we definitely want to watch out for as we are conducting ourselves and also choosing leaders over our areas and nation in chapter 9 verse 8 we get to where we have the people are so wicked that they're about to be destroyed and we have Omer who's the king and he luckily listens to the Lord and he takes those loved ones with him and he escapes and gets out of there and Jared becomes the king and he's killed by his son-in-law and his son-in-law kills his own son and it's just super wicked things going on and so Achish kills his son because he is jealous of him and in chapter 9 verse 8 it says and now the brother of him that suffered death and his name was Nimrah was angry with his father because of that which his father had done unto his brother and it came to pay to pass that Nimrod gathered together a small number of men and fled out of the land and came over and dwelt with Omer. And the reason I liked this and brought it up was because Nimrod was angry and he was justifiably angry because his dad had just killed his brother. Okay, that's reason to be upset. But instead of acting on his anger with violence, he chose to remove himself from that wicked situation. And he ran away and made sure he found himself a better life. And I think we can learn a lot from that because we tend to think there's so many things wrong and these people are doing this wrong, these people are doing this wrong and we want to fight about it and we want to argue about it. And we want to, you know, we see people in the nation who are doing these violent protests and things like that. And I just think if we could be a little bit more like Nimrod, instead of, finding violence in our, you know, having solutions that involve violence, if we could just find a different solution, we can't always run away, but whatever we can do, we can do it peaceably. And that's what Nimrod did. And that's what I really like about his example. And I think it applies to us today. And we have the opposite in chapter 9, verse 6 when it talks about Heth and it says, and Heth began to embrace the secret plans again of old to destroy his father. And I think we may feel strongly that something needs to change, but we can never be, we should never allow ourselves to be persuaded to use wicked and deceitful and secretive means to achieve the desired results that we have. Heavenly Father doesn't work like that. And so, no matter how angry we are or how justified we feel, that is never the way to do it. And anytime that way pops up into our mind or is presented itself to us, we know it's not of Heavenly Father because we know He doesn't work that way. So the Jaredites, they have all these wars 
Like I said, they repent, they're wicked, they repent, they're wicked. They mostly get destroyed, and Omer and a handful of people are all that's left, and 30 people who didn't die in the wars. And then they're righteous, they become wicked, they repent, they're righteous, they're wicked, and this goes on and on. But one thing I notice is the prophets were there, they had prophets telling them what course corrections were necessary for them at the time. And when they obeyed those prophets, they were blessed. They were they repented, they were blessed, and they prospered. And when they didn't obey the prophets, calamity came and they struggled and they were humbled by their circumstances rather than by choice. And in the end, they didn't listen to the prophets at all and they were destroyed. And that's exactly what happened to the Nephites as well. The prophets told them, there were prophets there telling them, you need to fix these things, you cannot do this. And when they ignored that, Ultimately, they were the Nephites were destroyed from the face of the land, and I was thinking about how that applies to us. It wasn't a secret what was going to happen to the Jaredites. It wasn't a secret what was going to happen to the Nephites. They were told the ne- the Jaredites were told they would be destroyed, and someone else would come to the land. <laughs> they chose not to listen. So, do we listen to the prophets today? The prophets and apostles they we hear them all the time. They tell us things. Twice a year we get to have a conference where they just get to tell us about things we need to fix, things we need to be aware of, and also things that we're doing well and ways to strengthen our testimonies. But are we listening? Are we uniting ourselves as a people of God to fight in the righteous way against the evil that's around us? And are we heeding the prophet's words so that we don't have those calamities coming into our lives? And when difficult times do come, because the Jaredites had difficult times, you think back to when they were crossing the river and the winds and the water were buffeting them everywhere. I'm sure that was a difficult time for them. They turned to Heavenly Father. They were thankful to Heavenly Father and they asked him for help and he blessed them. And I know that will happen in our lives as we turn to Heavenly Father, we listen to the words of his prophets and we obey. Next week, we get to finish the book of Ether as we study Ether chapters 12 through 15. Have a great week.